Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, False Prevention for Older Adults. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on February 13, 2019. In this podcast, Nancy Latham, a physical therapist at Brigham and Women's Hospital, will discuss current and effective treatment interventions for risk factors to prevent falls. And I'm going to um, summarize the evidence that we currently have for effective treatment interventions to reduce those risk factors and prevent falls. Um, I just want to acknowledge that we now have a large amount of evidence about very different approaches to reduce falls in older adults. And we do have evidence that quality improvement strategies, such as some of the ones that Dave highlighted, um, that can take place at different levels within health systems can be effective in reducing falls. So strategies uh, to make changes at the clinic level or the health system level, such as have been outlined here, um, can be effective in reducing falls in older people. But given the short time that I have for this part of the presentation, I'm going to focus on evidence of effective interventions at the individual patient level. And the general approach that takes place here um, is to address the specific fall risk factors that are identified after a comprehensive assessment and working together with the patient to identify the strategies that they're willing to uh, take and the changes they're willing to make based on their own preferences. Next slide, please. <clears throat> so we're really at a fortunate time when we think about fall prevention strategies in that unlike many healthcare problems, we have a large amount of reliable evidence to guide us. Uh, a fairly recent medical uh, meta-analysis by Trico and colleagues, which was published in, 27, in uh, 2017 in JAMA, included over 280 clinical trials. Um, the overarching findings from these sorts of meta-analyses are that first, that we can effectively reduce falls and serious fall-related injuries. These it's often kind of complicated to look at the information from these trials because many different interventions have been used in different combinations. But what seems clear is that when a person has multiple risk factors, it is usually better to use a multifactorial strategy to reduce the risk of falls. In other words, there's a lot more benefit in addressing multiple risk factors that people have rather than simply targeting a single intervention. In fact, when we look across all the different approaches that can be reused to reduce the risk of falls, exercise is the only intervention that's been found on its own as a single intervention to reduce the risk of injurious falls. Um, in fact, if someone is prescribed an appropriate exercise intervention to reduce falls, the risk of falls is reduced by 50%. So it's a powerful intervention on its own. For that reason, I am going to go on, and after I've discussed the other uh, uh, intervention approaches, to talk about exercise a little bit more, both because it's such a, an effective intervention, but there's also complexity in its delivery. 
I did also want to highlight another uh, intervention approach, which is osteoporosis treatment. And that's because a combined osteoporosis treatment is the intervention that's been found to be effective in reducing the risk of fractures, both overall fractures and hip fractures. Um, so that combined osteoporosis treatment that we found across trials to be effective is using uh, a pharmaceutical approach, for example, bisphosphonates, calcium supplementation, and vitamin D supplementation in combination. Uh, next slide, please. Um, next slide. So the slide that you're looking at here is summarizing the uh, interventions that have been effective in reducing the risk of falls and serious fall-related injuries when used as part of multi-component uh, uh, programs. Um, so again, when used in combination either with each other or with exercise. To just highlight a few, uh, a comprehensive medical assessment and management um, is effective. In particular, it's been found when that assessment and management has focused on managing postural hypotension and managing heart rate and cardiac abnormalities. The assessment and treatment of vision problems is a risk factor that really stands out um, because of the impact that it can have when this is addressed. Um, the sorts of interventions that would be included in this would be encouraging uh, people where appropriate to have cataract surgery, encouraging them to have proper lens prescription, and for people who are high risk at falls for other reasons, uh, encouraging to minimize wearing their bifocals out when doing outdoor walking when possible. It, when we combine uh, these uh, uh, approaches to address vision problems, so the combination of addressing vision problems and exercise, just those two interventions reduce, have been found to reduce the risk of falls in older people by approximately 80%. So it's worth one that is worth targeting. Um, other effective um, uh, uh, strategies and, and risk factors to target would include managing foot and footwear problems. Next slide, please. Um, in addition, uh, medication adjustment, one of the most uh, 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 effective uh, changes that can be made would be removing or reducing psychotropic medication. We do acknowledge that the reality of having patients agree to this and adhere to that change is, is challenging, and it's one of the more uh, difficult ones uh, to, to implement that change with patients. Environmental modification is an important strategy for people who have environments that put them on risk. Uh, this can be delivered in different ways effectively, but it includes an assessment of home hazards, providing um, safety devices such as handrails, grab bars, or also important improvements in lighting both indoors and outdoors. Um, referral to a, an occupational therapist when possible um, is very helpful for implementing this. And it, for people at high risk of falls, this is important. And it seems that especially for people at high risk of falls who have low vision, it is particularly important to include a referral to an occupational therapist to help make these modifications effectively. 
finally, um, incorporating within these changes education about fall risk and community resources and using self-management and other approaches such as collaborative goal setting and motivational interviewing is important to help make sure that people are actually willing to adopt these changes and adhere to these changes. Next slide, please. Uh, next slide. Sorry, could I have the next slide? Nancy, we're on the slide that says what type of exercise can reduce falls. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. For some reason, my screen's lagging. Um, thank you. Um, uh, so I will just pull that up here. Um, so when we're thinking about um, what type of exercise, um, it, it, this, this uh, is both, as I indicated, one of the most potent strategies that we can use to reduce falls, but that is if it is the right exercise program for the right person, an inappropriate exercise program that, for example, focuses on flexibility um, can be ineffective, or an exercise program that is uh, um, could that is inappropriate could increase the risk of falls. For example, there have been trials that took people at high risk of falls and pre prescribed a brisk walking program for them with no other components to address other physical impairments. And that program actually increased the risk of falls. So it's important that we target the exercise program appropriately. Fortunately, again, we have a lot of reliable evidence from clinical trials to guide us in this and several excellent meta-analyses that have synthesized the evidence. And what they have found is that exercise programs that target uh, the component of balance in addition to strength and aerobic capacity and that are designed specifically for older adults are the most effective in reducing uh, the risk of falls. And this can be delivered in different ways, including, for example, Tai Chi programs that are available in many communities, or if people have a preference for not exercising in a group or are unable to access group exercise programs, the evidence is that appropriate home-based programs are equally effective in reducing falls. For example, the Otago Exercise Program is a program prescribed by a physical therapist in the home where they select from a menu of different strength and balance exercises and then progress over time with the patient. And this is a program that might be covered by Medicare if a member is at high risk of falls and meets the criteria for medical necessity for skilled physical therapy. Um, if you just want to click through and show, there are there's a slide showing um, exercise one, two, and three, which is an example of the Otago exercises that are quite simple to be delivered in the home. And the next slide shows, um, again, just simple knee band exercises that can be delivered. And then if we get to the slide, that's what type of exercise can reduce falls. Um, for um, so the type of exercise, it's important that the program is properly designed and targeted for older adults. 
again, we're fortunate that at this point in time, we have a lot of community-based resources that are available to help people and providers identify those programs. The National Council on Aging has a website with the link that's included here um, that have, they have worked to um, screen and identify effective and safe fall prevention programs for older adults. And this link has a description with maps and links to community fall prevention programs available where they are located all across the country. If somebody needs or prefers an individual exercise program, we strongly recommend working with a physical therapist or other healthcare provider who has expertise in prescribing and setting up an exercise program to, for at-risk um, older adults. Next slide, please. So the, uh, so, for any person, exercise is something that could benefit our, our health, but at any age, it is also challenging for all of us to actually stick with an exercise program. And the problem with exercise is there are no benefits if you don't do it. So if you are working with someone and recommending an exercise program, we recommend that you just use a few strategies that make it much more likely that people will start and maintain that exercise program. That includes making sure that people really understand the benefits that they can get from exercise. It can reduce their risk of falls by half. And also that they know that no matter what their age, even into their 90s and above, people can continue to get stronger and more fit. There's no age limit to the benefits of an exercise program. It's also really important that you talk with them and find out what their preferences are. We, again, have now a large number of programs that we know can benefit people, so find out which one they actually want to do and might be more likely to stick with. One of the most important tools for getting people to maintain that exercise program is other people. If you can explore with that person, if there's somebody in their life who might be willing to join that exercise class with them or do the exercises in home, it's going to be much more likely that that person is continuing that program a year or two from now than if they're trying to do it on their own. And finally, when we, we are working with older adults who are at risk of falls and completing the sort of assessment that Dave spoke about, many people, especially the frailer older people, are going to have a large list of fall risk factors. And our recommendation and the recommendation from the data is that you work with that person to identify one or two of a few factors that they are willing to implement changes on right now and try to get them to make those changes and then gradually add in other strategies that they might be willing to use and changes they might be willing to make over time to reduce their risk of falls. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. 
To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.